Hi, this is Dr. Claire Steffen, and I'm back with an episode of Heal Your Brain Toolbox. I am a psychologist, a naturopath, certified alcohol and drug counselor, and a national board certified counselor and board certified coach in life coaching, wellness coaching, and business coaching. So we've been talking about recovering from self-medication and healing your brain. So what I want to offer now is a sustainable choice model. And it has four quadrants. And you would examine your life, your health, your conscious intelligence, and love. And so when we break these down, life is comprised of your social life, your personal life, and your work life. So we want all of those different areas of that quadrant to be in balance. In respect to health, we're looking at emotional and mental health, physical, and spiritual health. And again, you want all of those different regions within that quadrant to be in balance and to be healthy. In conscious intelligence, we're looking at social and emotional intelligence and the use of creative and critical thinking. So there's a balance there between your rational brain and your creative brain. And we want all of those different areas to work in concert um, so that you have a balanced brain in regards to your conscious intelligence. The fourth quadrant is love and love of self, love of family, and love of work. And so we want all of those areas to work together efficiently and effectively in order to have health. The Sustainable Choice Model Connect is a guidepost for brain balance. And one of the ways in which we become vulnerable to self-medicating is by ruminating on unhealthy thoughts. So if you remember, Negative thoughts can occur at all three levels of processing. So they can occur at the automatic level, the meta level, in which we're thinking about our thoughts, or even at a conscious level. So by that, I mean, you know, we may have these negative thoughts, we ruminate and we're aware of them, but, and we know that they're unhealthy, but we don't seem to be able to change them. And that's where having tools out of your toolbox will be helpful. So what's make us, what makes us do um, unhealthy things or have unhealthy choices? It can be because of poor habits, responding to negative thoughts we believe to be true, misperceiving, learned behaviors, family communication that supports unhealthy choices, behavioral and social and emotional expectations. We engage in people-pleasing. We have a fear of rejection or if we're struggling with issues of abandonment, apathy, discouragement, feeling lost, unresolved grief, traumatic experiences, low self-esteem, issues of self-worth, underachieving, poor planning, lack of knowledge, lack of skills, ineffective coping, unhealthy choice or decision-making, a lack of resilience, a lack of initial support when attempting to change, or a lack of ongoing support. These are just some, several of the reasons we engage in self-medicating behavior, but ultimately it doesn't resolve the underlying problem we're attempting to change. So being ready to change is a necessary part of that process. Um, Prokaska and De Clementi in 1983 proposed a stages of change model, and the first level of this is pre-contemplation. And at that point, we're looking at the cost of the problem behavior is not yet recognized. The individual is considered to be engaged in denial 
and may have given up because they failed at previous attempts to change. Second stage is contemplative. The individual has experienced ambivalence and may like to change, but needs to see the reasons why they should change. They're still hesitating to change. When they're in the third stage, it's preparation. The individual has decided to change and is beginning to think about how they could go about making changes. They may still be engaged in self-medicating behavior and perhaps have some minor changes made, but are not completely committed to the process. Four stages action. The individual is actively taking steps to change their behavior and stop the behavior of self-medicating. They've learned to avoid triggers, have ways to ask for support and help, and are learning to avoid being in places or with people um, that cause them to experience craving. The fifth level is maintenance, and the individual has made the desired changes and has learned to control their cravings. The changes made during that action stage are maintained. They have not reached a milestone in, or they have reached rather, a milestone in their ability to continue to make healthy choices, and they haven't returned to self-medicating under stress or any other condition that would evoke craving. So the reality is that relapse is something that must be planned for because it can occur at any of these stages, and even though it may not occur for everyone, it is always a risk. So when relapse occurs, the goal is to get back to the uh, you know, track here and go back to the previous stage prior to its occurrence. If the change process doesn't prevent relapse from occurring, then we need to have a plan you know, um, in order to address it. So relapse is considered an unofficial sixth stage uh, to this uh, stages of change planning model. So what I'm offering to you is that um, the sustainable choice model with the four quadrants, along with the cognitions of choice, can become invaluable. Developing skills for critical thinking and um, also to have a way to prevent yourself from relapsing, you know, as a way to maintain healthy choice. Critical thinking will require us to analyze uh, and to also be resilient under stress or situations that challenges our brain balance by looking at those irrational thoughts and correcting them. You know, so actively we want to engage in change and we need to connect our thoughts so that we can manage and regulate them at all three levels that sustain balance, at the automatic level, the meta level, and the conscious thoughts level. So this leads us to our next questions about self-medicating behavior. Question number two is, how do we become aware of our behavior? And question three is, how do we make conscious, healthy choices? So questions two and three are a process that are interrelated. Sometimes automatic thoughts occur so rapidly that we're not able to grab them into our awareness, and they may not be occurring at all on a conscious level. And because this is true, we need to do one or more of the following. We need to work on changing our thinking patterns. We need to develop skills, change behaviors, secure healthy and supportive relationships, set healthy limits and boundaries, manage our environmental exposure, manage triggers, and manage and regulate emotions. And as we need to learn to believe also that we are worthy of having a healthy lifestyle and a healthy way of being. 
So how do we move automatic thoughts to a conscious level in which we can engage, you know, in management, management and regulation uh, to secure healthy outcomes? At some point, we need to insert choice to be able to slow down our brains and disrupt the automatic thoughts and prevent those negative thoughts that become beliefs. These beliefs result in habit-forming behaviors that permeate our conscious thoughts, and they negatively influence our behavioral choices. So we have to learn to reverse engineer this process and challenge the automatic thoughts that seep into our identity and negatively construct our brain-based being beliefs. We've got to change that. Using critical thinking that involves the logic and rational thought process can assist us in correcting the incorrect or the irrational thoughts that, to, that relate to the reasons why we self-medicate. So we can also tap into the creative mind and envision empowerment and self-healing and use imagery and engage in artistic endeavors that support wellness. One of those could be journaling. And that can be very beneficial because it allows us to write down goals that create measurable steps that will bring us to our desired change and outcomes. So whether the unhealthy choices are the result of habitual behaviors or brain chemistry imbalances, we still need to learn ways to manage and regulate cravings that trigger us to seek pleasure or that activate the pleasure or reward systems in our brain. To accomplish this, we have to learn to be aware of triggering events. And there are many ways in which we can be triggered and multiple ways in which we need to become aware of the following. Thoughts that trigger us, feelings, behaviors, environments, relationships that trigger us, sensory input, fatigue, illnesses, changes in status, personal loss, professional loss, traumatic events, death of a loved one, relationship changes. All of these different things could happen and then act as a trigger. So any of these triggering events, experiences, or situations uh, can cause us not only to relapse, but to re-engage that negative thought process. Triggers can be subliminal or below our level of consciousness or our awareness. And when triggers occur, we generally experience an increased level of discomfort. And that'll escalate and cause us to experience perhaps anxiety, depression, substance use problems, or some other unwanted condition or behavior. And as these changes in brain balances occur, we're more at risk for creating and establishing patterns of self-medicating behaviors. This pattern can become our new way of being and relating to ourselves. Our self-expectations begin to form around these beliefs and triggers and patterns and ways of being. This, in effect, then forms our reality. And all of our choices are from, made then within those four quadrants of sustainable choice, life, health, conscious, intelligence, and love. And they influence how we relate to ourselves within this new way of being. They are integrated and related to one another, and they allow us to find inner balance and harmony. So that's why we want to engage that uh, sustainable choice model, because it'll act, as I said before, as a guidepost and protection for us. Uh, to not re-engage in self-medicating behaviors or to relapse. So reality is what we make of it. This happens, you know, whether things happen, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, but it's really how we relate to them or these events that matters. This again brings us back to choice. We can choose how we respond, even the event of traumatic loss, 
And it's true that bad things can happen to good people, and at times these occurrences can be overwhelming. It is also true that traumatic events, doesn't one, doesn't necessarily prevent another one from occurring. And we do our best to prevent further loss or trauma, but it still can occur. This does not imply that you're a bad person or that you deserve maltreatment. It is at this time that we have to really work on engaging that healthy philosophy for living and plan to maintain brain balance in the four quadrants of sustainable choice. So I'm going to pause here again, and I'll come back a little bit more uh, on this, and we'll talk about reality. So thank you for joining this episode of Heal Your Brain Toolbox, and I hope you'll stay tuned and listen to some more. Talk to you soon. Thank you.